You're listening to the 12 Days of Crusademus 2020, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. This episode is sponsored by Omaha Bound Entertainment. Omaha Bound is your best choice for hard-binding those special comics in your collection. The guys over at Omaha Bond do only the best high-quality binding, and this must be the best part. They custom-design every cover, so every single hardcover they design is unique. In short, when you get your comics hardbound with Omaha Bound, you'll know that you have a truly one-of-a-kind collection. In addition to binding, they also sell special trade collections of hard-to-find comics. All this is available on their website, which is omahabound.com. Treat yourself and those special comics right, especially this time during Christmas. Go to omahabound.com today. Pat, have I ever told you my experiences with omahabound.com? No, you haven't. Yeah, I've used their services a few times. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, just because I'm fancy. We can move on. Oh, oh, that, oh yeah, now I remember. That's why. Because you are so fancy. If you want to be fancy like Jared, especially during this Christmas time, or you can be a Scrooge. Humbug. <laughs> I'll hate on my my bad comics. <laughs> my, my bad. He's a sponsor. I, I, I'm not. <laughs> on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. My true love gave to me four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five gold rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six geese a five gold rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Four comets commenting. Hello and welcome to the fourth day of the 12 Days of Crusademus for 2020. Brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, the 12 Days of Crusademus is our gift to the podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day for the 12 Days of Crusademus will bring you a hidden gem of a comic series Brought to you either by one of our Holly Jolly co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests. Until we get all the way to December 25th, Cruz- Christmas Day, Crusade Day. Did you know December 25th is Crusade Day? <laughs> Please don't steal this from Jesus. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all going to hell. <laughs> I'm your host for this fourth day of Crusade Miss, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. The... Christmas Christatos. And here are the jolly old LBC elves joining me for today's unwrapping. We'll go around the horn starting with Jason the Weasel Skull. Albrecht. If you want my body and you think I'm sexy, come on, you gonna let me know. Hey, everybody. 
Yes. Where's yes, Jason? sir. Where's Jason? Jason's running a little behind. He's out powdering his nose or doing some pamby pamby bull crap. Anyway, he sent me out here to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. And uh, wait a minute. Who's this guy? Who's this guy with the Superman shirt on? You think you're Superman? You think you're Superman? What's your name, boy? Oh, no. What's your name, oh, boy? He's, he's talking to me. I'm sorry. I, I fell asleep. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Clean, cl- my, clean your ears and answer the question. What's your name? My name is Michael Bailey. What was it before you changed it? <laughs> Every time. Sean. Anyway. All right, Sean, See, Sean. Why don't you go check on uh, Clinton and yeah. the basement? If you want my power. <laughs> Every year. Hey, everybody. Did Sean come out and... Yeah, so, unfortunately, yes. You were supposed to keep an eye on him. Okay. Wait, he, he promised he was just going to say Merry Christmas to everybody. No. no. Yeah, oh. went a little more than that. So Every year. Every year. Sorry, guys. Merry Christmas. <laughs> also next to him is Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. Merry Christmas, Delvin. Merry Christmas, Pat. And for everyone, I would like to give you gifts, but money's a little short here at the Williams household. I'm, I'm sorry. So I have for each of you a series of witty five to six second clips. So hopefully these gifts are are close enough to gifts to work out. Oh, they are not. Uh, Pretty sure this is what he got just last year. Is this for meme? Yes. Hmm? Is this for meme? Yes, it is. It this is for meme. Me. Absolutely. You got no, it. for meme. Uh, yes. No? I'm no. not sure what's going on now. Have we have you off the go? <laughs> I'm lost too, Delvin. I, I got lost when Sean came, so I'm sorry. Hold on a second. If you love my body, <laughs> we should pass it to Jared. Let's do that, Jared. The yard sale artist, aka Christmas Death Probe. Yes, yes, I'm happy to be back here in our wonderfully decorated studios. Good job again, Pat. Oh, thank uh, you. Hey, I do it all myself. <laughs> If you're wondering what that delicious smell is, I'm making some toast. And you'll see here I have a highly explosive military ordinance. This is a missile. I was told if I hung up a missile and some toast, I would get a kiss from Mary Jane. So I'm making missile toast. You probably could have just hung up toast and gotten a kiss from Mary Jane and saved the potential Save, destruction. We could have skipped the, the missile toe bad Mary! <laughs> there we go. Just had to keep. I hear going. you looking for a little sugar. Oh. <laughs> it's not officially Christmas till I get a cold sore from Mary Jane. <laughs> well, Christmas is coming, baby. There we go. Pucker up. We all proceed with the podcast. I'll be busy with Mary Jane. All right, all right. Now that we've had our guest waiting in the wings here for a long time, as we went through <laughs> so this, so bad for it. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to our guest for this day. And so joining us around the fire with hot cocoa in hand is our very special guest for this episode. You probably know him from his many podcasts, including It All Comes Back to Superman. It's Michael Bailey from The Fortress of Baileytude. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me onto here. uh, We've been um, trying to find something for us to do together and uh mm-hmm. i appreciate being part of your your christmas festivities so this is uh this Welcome. is always fun uh don't open the basement door please that's uh, yes is that I, the only I, rule I, <laughs> sir sir I, I i hung with the two true freaks crew you never open the basement door <laughs> <laughs> okay don't open the basement door don't look connery in the eye 
Don't yeah. feed him after midnight. <laughs> I think you're not supposed to get him wet. I, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> you know, that was <laughs> the sunlight. I don't know. Mary Jane. Oh, no. 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 I'm, not, I'm going back on mute. Man, no, no, this is this is going to be fun. And uh, once I figured out what I was actually supposed to select, I, I, I think I, I picked out a fun comic for everyone to read, too. So uh, I'm excited for that. Well, speaking about what you brought with us, what did you bring in your gift-wrapped stocking? Well, as you heard in the singing intro, uh, today is Four Comets Cometing, which means we're unwrapping... The Comet number one from Impact Comics in 1991. Now, if you're unfamiliar with both the Comet and Impact Comics... Impact Comics was a line that DC Comics started in 1991. They licensed characters from Archie Comics when their superhero line. If you're not aware of the fact that Archie had superheroes, uh, read a book. I don't know. So one of them was The Comet, which was one of the first books they launched. And it's got a kind of a pedigree behind it because it was written by Mark Wade. In fact, this is some of his earliest comic book writing. And it was drawn by the sadly late Tom Lyle. And it really concerned a guy named Rob Connors, who is your typical, like, 20-something. He wants to be a baseball player. And he just goes home to see his parents. His parents are involved in all kinds of secret experiment stuff. They've disappeared. There's an explosion. He's trapped under a bunch of stuff. And Shazam, he wakes up with superpowers. And his reporter girlfriend convinces him to become a superhero. That's kind of, I guess, the elevator pitch for this. Some of the reasons I love this book are, one, it's written by Mark Wade. I am a Mark for Mark Wade. That was an unintentional pun. I apologize to everybody. Uh, <laughs> I tried to do like a missile toast thing earlier, so you're good. Yeah. I gift. Yeah, we had a gift meme thing going on there. I wasn't going to. <laughs> uh, also, his artwork by Tom Lyle, and I never realized how like important Tom Lyle was to my like teenage years of comic book collecting. Because not only did he draw the Starman series, but he drew like all the early miniseries for Tim Drake as Robin. And uh, I didn't follow his Spider-Man work, but it looked pretty cool. And it's a fun superhero book. The Impact line was basically designed to be something for, like, kids to get into. Because this was 1991, and comics just weren't for kids anymore. And some of them really weren't for humans, depending on what line you were reading. And I love that they put out a bunch of books that kind of sat on their own, but they were constantly teaming up with each other. They brought in all of these really interesting villains and other heroes, and they formed a superhero team called the Crusaders. And because this line didn't last very long, and I think other than the Crucible miniseries that kind of closed it out, there weren't any hot artists on it. Though you did have... The other one I would recommend is The Fly, because it's got artwork by Mike Parabek, which is always good. So I, I just... I just love this series because it's your typical young guy gets superpowers, decides to become a superhero. Let's see what that does to his life. What about you guys? I didn't read it. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> Jason, you didn't read it? Was I supposed to? Well, I'm teasing. Of course I'm just, I read it. Yeah, I, I didn't, couldn't believe you whether you didn't keep an eye on Sean, so I don't know. If I, you I know. I'm just, uh, I'm just all over the map today. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read it before? 
I have not, no. Delvin. Thanks to you, of course, I've heard about Impact Comics. I had not read the comic, so I'm new to it. Jared. Uh, again, thanks to you, Pat. Uh, I'd heard of Impact, but you were really selling me on it, so I bought a whole bunch at a big comic book sale that I found and just happened to have this one hardcover, so I hadn't read it until this, but this Crusademus gave me a great excuse to read it, so I'm glad Michael brought it. Cool. And I have read this one a few times before. As like Michael said, uh, this is I think this is the second one they released before this mm-hmm. one was the Legend of Shield, Legend of the Shield that came out. Uh, these two kind of started the lineup. I think Legend so, of the Shield made an appearance in year one of Crusaders. Year one, it was like it did, yeah. Seventeen. It was like okay. one of the first books we did. Legend of the Shield. What if Airwolf was a super suit? Now that's an elevator. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the description of the series. It's it's what happens. So. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, as I said, for today's episodes, I asked the boys to read the comment number one because I love it, and it really fits the bill of a series that, you know, like, people who know of this remember it and love it, but every once in a while, I stumble upon people who weren't even sure that Impact was a thing, and I think that's because it was mainly a newsstand book that was, of course, sold in comic shops, but their goal was to kind of reignite the newsstand market. As I said before, it's a superhero series with a young protagonist who discovers he has superpowers and decides that the best thing he can do with them is try to be a superhero. This is still a time period where just putting on a costume and becoming a superhero was an option and not like just something you stumble into because, I don't know, you had a dead relative or something. This particular issue, the first issue, opens with the comet taking on a band of high-tech thieves who are all named after science fiction stuff. There is a, a Star Trek, a Doctor Who reference. It's it's really all over the place with the geek stuff. And he talks to the cops, flies off, and we discover that he is Rob Connor, kid who is going to become a baseball player, and he was trying to break this to his parents. But they've disappeared, and there's this giant explosion in their home, which is also a research facility. It's kind of weird. It's, it's, it, there, there's a plane. It's, it's a really weird setup. But when he wakes up, he discovers he has superpowers, but also that he has been away for an extended period of time. Now, if this sounds like Starman, it kind of sounds like Starman. Both are drawn by Tom Lyle, which could probably confuse the issue even more. But he goes to his girlfriend, who is a reporter. She's all like, I'm freaked out by you, but you should become a superhero. And by the end of the issue, we find out she is being hunted by a serial killer named Applejack. That's the quick and dirty version of the issue. I'm really getting good at doing really short comic book synopsises, whereas before I would take like five hours. So, uh, Can you talk to Jason for a little while? I knew. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> but, uh, so what did you guys think of this issue? Jared? Oh, man, this was a great choice. I remember the Legend of the Shield, where we were kind of lukewarm on it. And so when Impact came back around, I was like, oh, I don't know. Then I opened it up, I saw Tom Lyle. In fact, I think I messaged uh, Michael. I was so excited. I was like, yes. it's Tom Lyle! <laughs> and Mark Wade. This issue was a lot of fun. I, I, I like it gave us the humor with the nerds that tried to become a supervillain group <laughs> at the beginning. And, like, they did all that to, like, steal early access to a game or something like that. It was yeah. amazing. <laughs> and then it had that dark side with the serial killer. And then I'm really captivated by his origin story of that missing time. He's got, like, this missing chunk of time. And it's it's almost like he's not even quite aware that there's a missing chunk of time yet. 
And that really makes me want to keep reading. So uh, what a great pick. I love the art. Uh, I like the story and its balance of light and dark and enough intrigue to make me want to read issue two. And with that, I will pass it to whomever is next in the script. That would be me. So, yeah, I agree. I really like the character of Rob Connors. I like the fact that he's he just wants to be a baseball player, becomes a, a superhero. Like you hit upon the villains at the beginning were just entertaining as all heck. I thought that was funny. I chuckled several times there where they kept accidentally using each other's real names. I was particularly pleased that they're in Washington. That was cool. That was super cool for me. And of course, in Washington, we have lots of serial killers. So Applejack, perfect fit. We also have apples. So there's that. <laughs> wow. Uh, I thought that the romance between uh, Victoria and uh, Rob felt very natural, very real. I thought there was a lot of good heart right there. And like Jared, I'm really interested in what happened. What happened at that research station? So all the elements are there for a lot of candy canes for me. And with that, I'll pass it to Del. If I were to give a theory for what happens at the end of this book, well, actually, let me ask, uh, Michael, how long did the comment last? How many issues? It was like 17, 18 issues that, that ran about a year and a half. Uh, okay. It takes a hard, hard turn towards the end when they reveal what happened. So it's it's one of those things where don't look at the, the future covers is what I'm saying. Gotcha. <laughs> if I had to guess, and, and, and it popped up in my head, so I had to share it with everybody, my, my thoughts, what I was thinking about this, is that he died. He died when the antenna fell on him, and he is dreaming this. I'm thinking that's a very distinct possibility because they went from the antenna, it fell on him, he couldn't even access his legs to all of a sudden he's flying. And I'm like, hmm, seems a little suspicious. Now, like, don't give it away. I should probably go and read those issues. But I liked it. I only got to read it once, and I remember a lot of things from it, and that is a telling sign that it captured my attention. Yes, we can talk a lot about Tom Wilde's artwork, which was fantastic. I definitely like Mark Wade as well, and I like how Mark Wade used foreshadow. There were a couple of times where it's like he was about to get to a good plot point reveal, and was like, well, we'll talk about that later. And it's like... yeah. No, talk about it now. I want to know it now. <laughs> and that happened at least three or four times in the book. And overall, there were just a lot of really cool elements that were set up to where a lead character, uh, Rob, seemed like likable enough. The ins and out of his powers haven't been fully revealed, but what he, they've shown seemed pretty simple enough. And their villain at the end, that dude seems just outright creepy. Mm-hmm. So... A lot of really cool things, and and it was it was a good read and a, a lot deeper read than I expected uh, from an impact comic. Pat, I agree with you, Delvin, on the foreshadowing that was done on this. I was trying to understand, you know, kind of what was going on. I haven't read too much that far into this series at all yet, so I don't even know what happens. But I like that it kept me going and wanting to know more and more, and then they would just go wait. Wait a second, not for now. We'll tell you in a little bit later. Solomon, tell me! Tell me! It's just really good storytelling in this particular issue to have that origin, do a little flashback, bring you forward a little bit more. And this being a for like younger kids, more kid friendly version of a comic book that they could, you know, kind of sell in, like Michael said, in a 
in a normal newsstand or in a, you know, you could pick this up on a grocery store aisle or somewhere. Just that darker mystery that's going on with Applejack, too. Because he's like, uh, what'd they say, like a hundred years or so between what was going on? And so it's like, how, how does this guy come about? more too so i but they didn't really show they didn't get into the gruesomeness or anything like that it was more theater of the mind playing with your mind going oh wow you know i wonder what he's doing they they would describe a little bit of it uh, from the police officers but this was one that i really liked and i think a lot of people like this one a lot too uh, as far as the impact series go that have mm-hmm. read it i've heard a lot of good things about this particular series of it when i jumped into the impact line when it back in 93 when it was coming out about 89 90 is when i started gathering more comics and comic books where i really found a shop i could go to Uh, and so this line came out i was like oh man this is my chance to jump in on something really cool here this is gonna really be really neat and i'm gonna have a number one of this first issue and it's gonna be something it is gonna last forever (laughs) i'm gonna retire on it it's gonna be so cool when you try to get into comics, either you, you got to jump right in and just go with it, or you kind of want to have a little background and, and, you know, get to know the the world around it. And that's what I think Impact Comics did well, is that they put their characters in the same world and they started to, you know, individually let them go off and then make them play, start playing together, which was really cool. Impact also had a really great set of house ads leading up mm-hmm. to it. So if you were reading DC Comics at this time, there'd be like a full page ad for The Fly and for Comet. And they all just looked, they looked amazing. And it's just like, I, I, I remember seeing that and then getting really excited while going to the 7-Eleven and seeing that Legend of S.H.I.E.L.D. was on the stands. And I'm like, oh, picking it up. And because just that summer I was not, you know, in the, I, I had no driver's license and no source of income, so it was just like it was catch as catch can. I had the fortune of a comic shop was closing around ninety seven and they had like, Hey, come fill a long box for fifty cents and I was just like, Oh, for fifty bucks and I'm like, Long box for fifty bucks? Hell yeah. Yeah. So I grabbed the entire impact line. Oh lucky. Except for the Christmas special, which I had to hunt down. But it was just like I just grabbed everything. And devoured it within like three months. So mm. it was it was basically a deep dive, but it, it there are some of the comics I kept from selling my collection. Oh, so I, I, I did not want to get rid of them. Besides, they are not reprinting these. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. You don't see them reprinted anywhere at all. It's hard to find. This would be so, a good thing to bind these. Yeah, so I was about to say, if you, <laughs> you got them all, send them to <laughs> Omaha Bound. Yeah. They'll do a nice job on these. <laughs> no, this, cool. What I liked about this first issue is basically what everybody said. There's really nothing to add. It, it is one of the most perfect first issues, and it's really amazing to see how good Mark Wade was at the jump. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had written a couple things before this, but he was mainly known as an editor at this point. This is really where he started getting his feet wet, because he didn't start writing The Flash until 92. So uh, it, it's, it's, it's interesting that he basically absorbed the storytelling of comic books and managed to distill it into a perfect first issue. Definitely a great issue to choose and just to fill that origin story and just make you hungry for more. Hungry like the wolf, you might say. Mm. I'm lost in a bow. <laughs> well, I guess
yes, now it is time to rate your interest in the series. It was capitalized, so I figured I had to say it like that. <laughs> Using the official Crusade Miss Candy Cane scale on a scale of 1 to 12 candy canes, 12 being extremely interested and 1 being no interest at all, how many candy canes would you rate your interest in pursuing more issues of this title? Pat! Well, it's no surprise here. I am going to give this all my 12 candy canes. Handing these over to you, Michael. Thank you for bringing this joyful Christmas comic of the comic. Definitely enjoyed it. It's it's one that I want to go back and delve back into again. I know I've talked about doing it. Maybe this will get me motivated again. I'll continue trying to be yeah. John McLaughlin here. Jared! <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got some strong feelings about this one. I like it a lot. I'm a big Tom Lyle fan. Yeah, definitely a lot of candy canes. My instinct says... 10, 10 strong candy canes on this one. I'm liking it a lot. Thanks for bringing it. Jason. Well, here we go. Humor, heart, spectacle, art. Humor, like the techno nerds I was cracking up with, says she always believes me. And then Victoria's like, I don't believe you when he's trying to <laughs> explain where he's been. Got to give humor a two. Heart, thought it was great romance between Rob and Victoria. How she reacted to his powers seemed very realistic to me. I thought that was really cool. I'm giving the heart the full three candy canes. Spectacle. Great opening. Good demonstration of powers against the uh, techno nerds in the beginning. And like we talked about, Applejack is the arch villain is just cool and scary AF. And he is a very interesting character. So I gave that one two. Art. This was awesome art. Love the interiors. I like the exteriors, the details, facial expressions, the colors. To me, this was pretty much flawless. I'm giving it a full three. So that brings us to 10 candy canes, gentlemen, and I will also give an additional one for Michael for his enthusiasm for the series. So we will wrap up with 11 candy canes. So Delvin, what did you think? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a whole lot. I like it when I'm surprised. I had no expectations coming in to reading the comment, but I was surprised. And hey, I like art, but I like story as well, and it had both. Uh, so it gets a 10 candy canes from me. It was very good, and I was very pleasantly surprised and wouldn't mind reading more. I might have to borrow Jared's books uh, or his graphic novel because rumor has it that he's fancy. This is not a rumor. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give one last recommendation because that's what the script is telling me to do. This is one of those series that reminds you that there was a time period and, and this isn't like me you know saying that there was you know back when I wore an onion on my belt which was the style of the time but that there was a time where you could have like a fun light-hearted superhero series that sometimes delved into some deeper themes and issues and had like as you say some scary villains over the course of the, the first year of the book, it's really Rob figuring out his powers. And I kind of miss that. The storytelling of today does not allow you time to do that. You have to get everything out there as fast as humanly possible. Mm. And this was a time period where you could kind of just let it happen and rely on supporting characters and such to kind of fill out the story. This, to me is this may be dubious to some people, but this is like a really good syndicated series from like the late 80s and early 90s 
that you just fell in love with because you loved the characters. I recommend the entire Impact line. Legend of the Shield isn't the best one, but if you like kind of some military through the lens of people who may have never served in the military storytelling, if you want like a teenage Spider-Man type hero, you have The Fly. Jaguar is so much better than I remember it being when I was in my early 20s. That book was like, when I reread that, I was like, oh my God, this is so much better than I remember. That's another series that was hard for me to get all of those as well, too. Find the Jaguar Uh, stuff. Black Hood, art by Rick Burchette. I'm just going to say that. And if that doesn't get you interested, (laughs) I, 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 I can't help you. Even the weakest book to me, which was The Web, was an interesting concept that right from the jump, they have an organization that hunts and monitors superheroes. So it's, it's just one of those things. These aren't expensive books. You can usually find them in 50 cent dollar boxes. Lots on eBay seem to be pretty cheap, too. If you like dead universes that have kind of a, a finite amount of books, this is the one for you. And if you want another elevator pitch, the comet is what happens when the Roger Stern, Tom Lyle Starman meets the Jim Shooter Starbrand. You kind of get this. Okay. That's a good take on this particular one, uh, comparing it to Starman. I wouldn't have thought about that until you just said that. And I'm like, because we had recently did a Starman one, right? Yep. They really gelled together just nicely, I think. Yeah, I didn't put that together either until I said it. But then I was like, yeah, I kind of <laughs> right. Yeah. Is it me or was Tom Lyle one of the best artists to draw flying characters that have ever worked in comics? Ah. Like, yeah. he has a dynamism with his flying characters that is just stunning to see. Like, it's up there with Burn, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, Tom Lyle. Wonderful man, wonderful art. Yeah, this is Flamboyant awesome. shirt wearer. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I got. That, that was my final, my final plea for the comet. <laughs> all right, well, thank you, Michael, for bringing us the comet number one from Impact Comics. I think you made an impact here. I <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> oh, my side. <sighs> so with that, that's going to wrap up this fourth day of the 12th day of Crusademus. We'd love to hear from you. If you're familiar with any of the comics we cover here on the show, or if you gave one of our recommendations a try, let us know what you think. You can do that at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade, or email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. If you want to hear more from our special guest, where can they find you on the interwebs, Michael? Luckily, it's all at one place, uh, fortressofbailytude.com, which is the home of what I laughingly call the Fortress of Bailytude Podcasting Network, uh, which is just an excuse to have all the shows I do together in one place to make things easier on me. There's two Superman shows, there's two Batman shows, there's a show called Views from the Long Box, which has talked about a bunch of different comics. Every once in a while, I have like kind of a Fortress of Bailey 2 Showcase Presents, which I may be renaming that soon, where I talk about you know things that are outside of my normal purview. I've got a, by the time this comes out, I will have at least one episode of that on the hunt for Red October. Uh, because I just got the urge. I want to. I wanted to try talking about a movie on a podcast, and uh, so I got a friend. To Did do that you stand for Red October? <laughs> Here he goes. <laughs> That's my second best magnum opus. Have you ever seen Zardoz? 
There he goes. Just <laughs> seen a lot of you in Sardos, actually. That's cool. <laughs> Not to know if I say. <laughs> oh man, why? Yeah, that's right. I'm Scottish. Got enough hair on my ass to weave an Indian blanket. <laughs> All right, you go back to check the cool. basement. Check on. But he said for in October. I, I know. Can you go check to make sure Clinton's doing? All Do right you know how there? I got my my Russian accent? I just went like this. This is me with a Russian accent. <laughs> Do you see the difference? Of course you don't, because you're not an Academy Award. <laughs> good day, sir. I bid you good day. Good, good, good day. Thank you, Mr. Connery, for, for that. You, you, you said the words, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michael, that happens every time you bring I, up I, a Connery movie. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like saying the secret word on on Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> yeah, it is something like that. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, was was that all <laughs> before you were yeah, that, interrupted? Yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it. Fortressofbailey2.com. Check it out. It's everywhere. <laughs> yes, I would recommend that, folks. I listen to all the shows myself, so you do an awesome job. Oh, thank you, Mike. And if you are loving Crusademus and didn't get a chance to listen to last year or just want to hear more Crusademus, if you scroll far enough back on our feed, that's way back, you'll find all the episodes from Crusademus past. The Crusademus of past. We have Crusademus of 2019 past or 2018 or even 2017. Ooh, you will be visited by all three of them over the next three nights. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is from under the tree here in the festively decorated Longbox Crusade Studios. Until then, DJs Christatos, play one of my favorite Christmas jams. Wicked, 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 wicked. For the holiday Jane and I were having solstice Now we need a place to stay And her Christ-loving uncle Watched his wife hang Mary on a tree He watched his son hang candy canes All made with red dye number three He told his niece it's Christmas Eve I know her life is not your style She said Christmas is like solstice And we miss you And it's been a while so the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground the best that they were able Just before the meal was served, hands were held and prayers were said Sending hope for peace on earth to all their gods and goddesses The food was great, the tree plugged in the meal Gone without a hedge till Timmy turned to Emma and said, Is it true that you're a witch? His mom jumped up and said, The pies are burning, and she hit the kitchen. And it was Jane who spoke. She said, It's true, cousin's not a Christian. But we love trees, we love the snow, the friends we have, the world we share. And you find magic from your God, and we find magic everywhere. So the Christians and the biggest sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground the best that they were able And where does 
it come from? I think magic's in the learning Cause now it is just sit with pagans Only pumpkin pies are burning When Amber tried to do the dishes Her aunt said, really, no, don't bother Amber's uncle saw how Amber Looked like Tim and Mike, her father He thought about his brother How they hadn't spoken in a year Thought he'd call him up and say it's Christmas and your daughter's here He thought of father's sons and brothers Saw his own son tuck his sleeves And can I be a pagan? Dad said we'll discuss it when they meet So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith in God around the best The fable rainbow Lighting trees in darkness Ways from the old and making sense of history and drawing more out of the cold. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Uh, I know there's going to be slightly more winter witty banner before this starts, so I'm going to go top off my drink, and uh, okay. y'all don't talk <laughs> about me while I'm gone. Michael will tell me if you did. Oh, it's it's, it's always better than when you're here. <laughs> what are you waiting for, George? Oh, uh, nothing. I'll, I'll go now. Says to be here at 7, and he's like, I'm going to go get a drink of water. 7? Well, 7 my time. Yeah, I don't know what time right. it is. Let's see. Hey. Should I pull? Should I bother pulling up the script? That's up to you. Nah. Who's, no script, who's doing this one? Jason for suckers. That's funny, Pat. I get this. I see what you're doing there. I hope it's not me. It's so easy to believe. Make Jason believe it because he routinely yeah, I know. forgets I was when he's actually it. hosting. He's like, "Oh, it's me tonight." Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> the trash can. Trash can. <laughs> Was it everything you thought it would be and more, Michael? <laughs> I did. No, that was a lot of fun. No, I, 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 like I, I told you last year at Con, I, I binged a bunch of episodes around um, when you guys did your end of last year's JL May. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. And I was just like, oh, it's just it's literally like just hanging with four dudes that just like talking about comics. So it's just very laid back, very well done. Cool. Uh, funny it's one of those shows where i get that there's a lot of in jokes and i like that because that, that <laughs> that's how you develop the rapport with an audience so yeah you gotta stick with us to get the in jokes yeah <laughs> or you just listen long enough you'll that's circle what I'm back around yeah you. yeah let's circle back around we'll do it again <laughs> you'll figure it out and yeah, I was I was gonna work in a my little ponies reference because i know applejack's one of the ponies uh, i'm surprised nobody said anything about applejack's Serial killer. Serial killer. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Applejack is a serial killer. Serial killer. <laughs> well, now you've got the audio. You can splice it into the outtakes. Yeah, you, <laughs> you put some milk in that mother. <laughs> <laughs>